You know, I, I believe what I want to do first, I, I believe the Spirit of the Lord was speaking to me, and, and I just want to give a, a word. I don't know who this is for, but uh, I believe that there's somebody either watching or, or here that the Spirit of the Lord is saying, you've asked why, and you've asked when, and what the delay, delay is. And I believe the Lord is telling you to hold fast to His Word and settle that as final authority. Just considering all other things, set that aside, and just put your faith and your trust in Him. And uh, He's got this. So whatever, who, and whoever that's for, I just want, uh, want you to receive that. Now tonight, uh, I, I believe the Word of God is going to be uh, a continuation of what we talked about last week. And uh, if you've got your Bibles, you can turn to Romans chapter 10. And uh, we're going we're gonna to get there in just a moment. But I, I've called this Pretenders, Wannabes, and Doers. It's part two. And, and last week, I, I just believe the, the Spirit of the Lord was ministering to us, encouraging us uh, in, in these passages of Scripture. And I'm going to hit a few, but I'm going to go uh, with some other directions there as well. But, because, you know, the, the world that we live in is, a, is an amazing place. Even with all the, the craziness and the, and the odd things that are happening. I mean, I, mean, I, I look at where we were in, in 19 going into, into, 20, into March of, of 20. I mean, this place was getting full. We were, we were growing up a, a lot more numbers, uh, you know, which is not all what it's about uh, at all. But, you know, things were, were really rolling. And, and then we had the, the COVID hit and all the challenges of 2020 and all the challenges that have extended on. And we've had all the unrest and all the division and all the crazy things that have gone on. And yet I've seen God do more in the lives of people in the last uh, 20, 18 months than, than as, or as much as I've seen throughout our ministry time. And so, you know, I'm, I'm not moved by what I see. And I think that's part of that word that, that the Lord was ministering, that, that we can't be moved by what we see, we've got to trust God in what He promises, in what He says. You know, sometimes we want to know details, and God says, trust me. And, and when we settle into that, we can trust Him. But in this craziness of this world, you know, God's given us, He knew we were going to be alive at this time. You know, He knew that our kids and your grandkids were, were going to be alive at this time. You know, I, I, you think about it and you say, boy, I'd hate to be raising kids in, in this time period. But yet, God knew exactly who those kids were going to be and who their parents and grandparents were going to be. And you know what? All we have to do is we've got to remember that we have to rise up in, the, in the, the Spirit of the Lord and in what God has given us to do. Because no matter what the circumstances throughout the history of the Word of God, as you read it, you see insurmountable odds and you see a God showing up in the midst of a people. You see people who were facing things there was no way they could do. And yet they did. How? By the Spirit of God, by the power of God. And so we'll walk through these times, and no matter what it is, if it's something that you individually are dealing with, or if it's something that, that we deal with as a nation and as a church, we walk through these times. And, and, and you know what? One of the greatest things that God gave us to, to deliver to this world is the gospel of Jesus Christ. And you know what? That gospel is, is, just, is not only for salvation... But that word saved is soteria most of the time. And it means uh, saved from temporal evils. It doesn't just mean eternal life. It means life in the here and now. When, he, when he's talking about that we can be saved and that God would 
take care of our need. Now, I referred to this, uh, and I didn't have you turn to James 1.22, but I'm going to read it out of the Amplified Bible. It says, but be doers of the word, obeying the message. That's the first part of that. Be doers of the word, obeying the message. Well, what is the message of the gospel? What is the message of the word of God? There's all kinds of instruction. You know, this isn't a history book. It's an owner's manual. You know, I, 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 we went, our son uh, and his fiance just bought a house and, and they just closed on it. We got to go down and see it. And, and I was walking through and I was showing him all the things that, you know, you take for granted when you're a kid growing up. And, and, uh, but now I'm teaching him, showing him, you know, okay, this is your, where your breaker box is. And this is where you, this is your heating, uh, heat, this is your new heater. And you're going to have to change this filter now. The deal I did every, every month or every two or three months when we'd forget. And uh, sometimes six months. <laughs> How many can say amen? Uh, you know, but uh, we, we, here, here's, what you, here's what you do. But when I couldn't find the filter, I dug around and the, the previous owners had left an owner's manual in the heater closet. And I pulled out the heater. You know what was there? Instructions on how to, fi to figure out how to change the filter. What I needed was right there in front of me. I just had to read. And so that's why we have a Bible. That's why we study that Bible. That's why every morning at 6.30 I get up and I present the Word of God. And then for you who get to sleep in, you can watch it later on. But, or you watch these over and over again. You know, you know what transformed my life? The Word of God. But you know how I got the Word of God in me? Is I all, all day long. You know, now I, I also have a podcast if that helps you out. And there's other guys that got podcasts. You can put your, you can have while you're, Picking up trees and, and doing your work, Kevin. You can be listening with your little earbuds. Now you don't even have the wire that gets caught up. I used to have to drag around a cassette player and keep batteries in it. But you know what? Here's, here's the thing. We listen to the Word of God over and over and over again, allowing it to feed us, and that will transform our life. But see, we live in a crazy world, but we serve a God who's greater than it all, and that's what we have to be encouraged by. Because if all we do is look at what this world is presenting, it'll get us down. If we look at what we're up against, it doesn't look very hopeful. And yet we still live in the greatest nation in this, world, in this, in this earth. And I believe we're not, God's not finished with us. And I wasn't finished with that verse in, in, in the Amplified of, of James 1.22. Let me read the rest of it. It says, he says, first of all, be a doer of the word and obey the message. And not merely, not merely listening to it, Betraying yourselves into deception by reasoning, con reasonings contrary to the truth. You know, he says, if you're just listening, and if you're just getting into reasonings that are contrary to the truth, you're going to miss out on the fullness of what's being provided in that word. You know, it's amazing to me. I, I, I was ministering Sunday on Philippians 4, uh, 4 through 8, 9. I guess I went all the way to 9. I preached on my Sunday morning sermon on, a, on scriptures that I have literally quoted myself, given to other people to quote for years. I've preached and referred to those I don't know. I've more than, I mean, I, more than 100 times, probably more than 500 times. And I saw something in those scriptures that grabbed me and was able to teach and instruct from, the, from those verses. Why? Because it's a living word. It's speaking to us. It didn't change the context of it, but it brought out a value in it that helped us walk in the fullness of, of what God was providing. You see, he, he says, don't betray yourselves by deceptive reasonings contrary to the truth. You know, there's 
there's things that people reason out. If you worked with six or eight or ten different people and you were around them, I, I've been in some positions in, in ministry while I was in ministry working out on a job as well. And there were times I'd be in a group of people, and I might have eight or ten or twelve of these people that I work with on a regular basis. And, and, the, and the topic of Bible come up, the topic of God, the topic of prayer, the topic of Scripture, the topic of whatever comes up where, where the Bible's concerned. And it is, in, it is amazing to me what different reasonings people come up with on how God operates. When many times it's just clearly stated. It's, it's as plain as black and white. I mean, all you got to do is read, but people will reason out. And they'll, they'll reason according to what they would do. Or they'd reason according to what they think. Or they'd reason according to what two or three of them tossed it around and they said, you know, this sounds reasonable to me. Well, listen, reasoning things out is one thing, but going contrary to the truth, deceiving ourselves is where we get off. It's like I said last week, this whole idea that we're all God's children. You know, that, that idea of we're all God's children has a flaw to it. We're all, we're all created by God, we're all of, uh, have the opportunity to be God's children. But what makes us God's children? Being born in America? Nope. Having a praying parents? Nope. Going to church every Sunday? Nope. Going to church on Tuesday night? Nope. It's making the Jesus Christ Lord of your life that makes you a child of God. You see, reasonings say, well, you know, I, I hear people say sometimes they'll say they'll, they're talking about a certain group of people. It could be a, a religious group or people that, that, that live a certain way, act a certain way, do a certain thing. They'll say, oh, these are the, but these are the nicest people I know. That's great. You know, there's a lot of things in life that teach us to be nice. There, there's, there's a lot of things that teach us to be better people. That's what I refer to about these, some, some other religions. There's other religions that teach people how to be kind to others, how to be productive in this world, how to produce and, and be successful. But the difference in other religions and ours is, and, and in Christianity is that Christianity is based on the death, burial, and resurrection of one Jesus Christ who took and bore the sins of all mankind. That's the difference. And, and it's not being hard. It's not being, it's not being divisive. It's, it's not trying to say we're better than anybody else. It's just the truth of God's Word. We can't separate it by, by reason. You know, it said there in... in, uh, in uh, Romans chapter 10 verse 1 I referred to this last week he said brothers and sisters my heart's desire and prayer to God for the Israelites is that they may be saved for I can testify about them that they're, a ze they're zealous for God but their zealous or their zeal is not based on knowledge since they did not, not know the righteousness of God and sought to establish their own their own they did not submit to God's righteousness it's like your, like your song, very fitting. How about how the Holy Spirit fits together things from the sermon to the song? That His prayer be, our prayer be, that all of our loved ones, all those that we know, they come to the saving knowledge of Jesus Christ. And that's what the Apostle Paul was, was writing here. He says, my heart's desire is that every born again, or every Israeli, every person, and this letter was written primarily to the Gentiles, but he's letting the Gentiles know, he said, I'm, I'm here to preach to you, I'm here to reach you. But my heart's desire is also that the Jew, that those from the, the household of Israel, would accept Jesus Christ. You see, he said they have zeal for God. They have, they, they're sincere. 
I know people that are sincere, but they can be sincerely wrong. We can be sincerely wrong. We have to ask ourselves, am I following what the, what the message of the gospel says? You see, all other religions and nations, all those ideas, and benef- they benefit, but they, but they don't save. We've got we to gotta come to that. You know, sometimes uh, there's different styles and different approaches to presenting the gospel. And, and you know, there's the, my, my, my idea, and one of the reasons that I... In men's Bible study, we get pretty down to the nitty-gritty. We just talk about, uh, uh, and, and I'm pretty open about how I feel about certain things. But there's, there's a lot of things I hold back in from the pulpit. There's a, there's a lot of things that I don't, I don't get into, and, and I'll tell you why. It's because I don't want to divide or separate me from the opportunity to share the gospel with someone. Now, that's just my personal conviction. And I got a wife that says, you need to quit that. <laughs> No, no, uh, well, yeah, some of that's true. But, but, the, but, but my main point is this. We got to do what we're called to do the way we're called to do it, but we can't compromise what the Bible says. And when it comes down to the gospel truth and how we're saved and what, the, what is presented, it, do, it doesn't have to be I'm right and you're wrong. It's simply saying, listen, this is what the Bible says and it's true, and this is what we stand for. This is what we have to walk in. This is what we have to hold, have to hold fast to. And so we look at pretenders, wannabes, and doers. You know, we, uh, uh, he, he compares those that were pretenders. They thought they had the truth, but they didn't have the truth. Now, uh, I, I want us to go to, uh, uh, on down in this passage here in verse 9. He says, if you'll declare with your mouth Jesus is Lord, and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For it is with your heart that you believe and are justified. It is with your mouth that, that, you're profess, that you profess your faith and are saved. He gives it very clear. He says you must confess that Jesus is Lord. It, it, he, he narrows it down. There's no other way. You know, it would be nice if there were other ways, maybe. But yet, uh, that's not the way God did it. So, let's look. Uh, let me, let, let's keep reading here. He says in verse 11, a scripture, As Scripture says, anyone who believes in Him will never be put to shame. For there is no difference between Jesus or between Jews and Gentiles. Sorry. There is no difference between Jews and Gentiles. The same Lord is the Lord of all and richly blesses all who call on him. For everyone who calls on his name, the name of the Lord, will be saved. So you see very clear, a very clear, a, a clear definition, a separation of those who accept or call on the name of the Lord. And those who don't. But notice also, it was fully open to all at the foot of the cross. He said there's no difference between the Jew and the Gentile. See, there's no difference in, and, and, and we're not, we're not, we don't receive it because we're Americans. We don't have a, we don't receive Christ or the gospel because you're from this, uh, uh, you're, you're from this race or that race, this nationality, that nationality. But God said right there, we're all, it's been made available to all, for all. And in the end, all can receive. And you know what? God has provided that for us. Everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. So he, he draws that line. Everyone who calls on the name of the Lord can be saved. What's he also saying? Everyone who rejects the Lord, there's no other way. There's no other way. And so that separation, it's not that we're being uh, harsh, judgmental, critical. It's not that we're trying to lord over them. It's not that we're trying to say uh, our way is the better way. 
although it is because it's the one way that brings eternal life and so it's not a deal that's proud I guess is why I was looking at that so there's no difference at the foot of the cross I want you to look now at Luke chapter 13 and, and I begin to see this this afternoon look at this this afternoon and this is this is new from I read that other last week as well but Luke chapter 13 and uh, I believe the Lord was was ministering this word to me um, I didn't even turn the TV on today, thank God, um, uh, I guess, because I, I didn't need the distraction. But I, I just was focused in praying on the, on the things of the... Of the, the uh, but, but with all that's going on in this world, the answer is Jesus. But who's going to proclaim the answer of Jesus except us? And so let's look at uh, Luke chapter 13, verse 23. 1323, get to the right page here. He says, Then Jesus went through the towns and villages, teaching as he made his way to Jerusalem. And someone asked him, Lord, are, are only a few people going to be saved? It's a legitimate question. He said, you know, are only a few people going to be saved? He said to them, Make every effort to enter through the narrow door. I think some translations say gate. And, you know, I was thinking about it. I thought it was gate because this is the NIV. I'm used to King James, New King James, whatever. What is a door and what is a gate? It's an entrance. See, it doesn't really matter which it is, but we need to have in our mind the way in, the entrance. And so he says, make every effort to enter through the narrow door because many, I tell you, will try to enter and will not be able to. Once the owner of the house gets uh, gets up and closes the door you will stand outside knocking and pleading sir open the door for us but he will answer I don't know you or where you came from then you, then you will say we ate and drank together with you you taught on in, us in our streets but he will reply I don't know you or where you come from away from me all you evildoers therefore there, there will be weeping there and gnashing of teeth when you see Abraham, Isaac and Jacob and the prophets of the kingdom of God but you yourselves are thrown out. The people will come from the east and the west and the north and the south and will take their places at the feast in the kingdom of God. Indeed, they, there are those who are last who will be first and those uh, and, and first who will be last. In other words, he's saying in the, in the world, world ranking isn't going to matter. So people, be people who are high up in the world's uh, the, uh, ranking, they may be last. People who were last in the world's ranking, in the world's eyes, they could be first. But here's the point that he's making here, is make every effort. You know, why can't many make it through the narrow gate? Jesus answered the, 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 the question with a, with a statement and with a story when he was asked, will many be saved? He said there, <clears throat> make sure you make every effort to enter through the narrow door. You know, why can't more be saved? Why can't more enter through the narrow gate? You know, I tell people, it's not hard to be saved. It's just narrow. It's not hard to, to know what to do, but it's narrow. It's not broad. Now, because it's not broad, it becomes hard. Does that make sense? Because here's why, and that's what the Lord began to show me, that they're the baggage that people carry keeps them from being able to go through the narrow gate. 
You know, I thought about getting a backpack and getting some, if I was doing an illustration, if I was doing a youth sermon, I'd have probably done all this, but y'all can, y'all can get the picture and I don't have to have all the, all the fun at doing that. But you know, what, what, what would keep somebody from going through that narrow gate might be all the things that they're carrying. You got, you got this, this bag of sin and you got this bag of your past and, and, and you got this, this bag of your pride and, on, on your back and, and, and you got this big old, this big hype deal of arrogance and, and you got this past ideologies, you got people's beliefs. There's all of these things that, that, that when you get to the door, you, you can't get through. You ever be coming in with a whole bunch of stuff? I mean, you know, your hands are full and you're trying to get through the door. I used to, when I went, was, we were in college, we went back to college and I was an older student and I was working and Sue and I were married and our, uh, our, our oldest daughter, was, we, we had her and so we were, uh, I was working these jobs and one of the jobs was working for Derringer's Printing. And I would deliver the print work uh, there on Stillwater in, in, in Stillwater and the businesses. And so I would, I would uh, you know, have these boxes of stuff, the print work that I had to deliver. And, and we didn't carry a dolly around most of the time. Or even if I did, you still had to navigate the door. And all these businesses had a door that automatically closed. And so I got real good at, you know, this and this and this and, and, and getting through there. And, and, and you'd get through the door. But it was difficult because of the baggage of stuff I was carrying. It was never difficult on the way out. It was never difficult when my hands weren't full. But see, if we could sit down, why do people not make it through that narrow door? Because maybe one of these things, maybe, maybe the sin that just, just, we just can't get over. Well, listen, maybe, maybe it's, it's pride or arrogance. Why does God resist the proud but gives grace to the humble? See, pride says, you know what? I know, I, I want to do it my way. Was those old blue eyes that sang the song, I did it my way? Well, I don't know whether he went to heaven or not, but I guarantee if he went to heaven, he didn't do it his way, he did it God's way. Now, if he chose to do his way was God's way, then all was good, right? So, don't want to offend any lovers of, uh, of what was his name? Old oh, blue eyes, right? Huh? Frank Sinatra, there you go. Yes, yes, I knew some of y'all would know him. We could go into just a Frank Sinatra song, just go to singing, some of you, couldn't you? We won't do that. We'll leave the singing to Greg. But you know, pride and arrogance. Arrogance would say, I'm not changing. Uh, you know, arrogance would say, I'm, I'm good enough the way I am. Or arrogance would say this, well, God ought to let me in. I'm better than that so-and-so. That whole church of people out there, I'm better than them. Well, you know, you might be. But if you didn't do what God said do, we can't get in. See, that's the thing. What is it that keeps us from going in and through that narrow gate? Notice he said uh, that, that uh, broad, is the, broad is the way to destruction. I think that's the other place in the Gospels where it talks about this. Uh, but, but notice how those who come in, in verse 29, I like that. People will come from the east and the west and the north and the south. That's one of our prayers. We pray that God draw them in from the north, south, east, and west. Draw them in to hear the gospel. Draw them in to be, be encouraged by the word. Draw them in to, to, to encourage one another. Draw them in to be fed from the north, south, east, and west. And, and they come into the ministry uh, to be ministered at. Indeed, there will be those who are, last, who are last that will be first, and those that are first will be last. Man, I tell you what, that's where we want to be. See... Our requirement 
is simply to acknowledge our sin and need for a Savior. Pride won't let you do that. Arrogance won't let you do that. The burden of that sin won't let you do that. What are those things that keep us from going through that narrow gate that is Christ the only way? You know, I said this one, one time uh, not too long ago, but you know, the height of pride is to say that my sin's too great for God to forgive it. You think about it. You say, well, but, but preacher, you don't know what I did. You don't know how bad I've been. You don't know the sin that I've committed. And, and, and I'm not sure even God would, could love me that much. He absolutely loves you that much. He loves each one of us that much. Now, <clears throat> I began to, to, to look at these. When I looked at these scriptures and I, and I thought about that narrow gate, it just stirred me all, all, all afternoon to be thinking about that one way that we bring that. So how do we present that one way in a way that still presents the, the, the love, that still provides the truth, that still deals with the sin? See, the Holy Spirit is one to know. And you know, I felt like that, that there were those of, of you who are frustrated and those that would be watching or those that are here that would be frustrated with not being able to reach a loved one or be able to reach somebody that, that you see needing this message, needing to, to hear that God loves them, but needing to hear and understand that their sin is the problem that needs to be dealt with. Maybe, maybe they need the truth to know that, but you're, you're not the one to, even though you'd like to, 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 to be able to lead them to Christ. You know what, here, here's what we can do is we can pray that God send labors in their path. What did, what did, what did Jesus say? The, the harvest is white. It's ready. Pray the Lord of the harvest that He send forth labors. You know, there's a, there's a principle in the kingdom of God called seed time and harvest. Do you want your loved one reached? Then maybe that little gal behind the cash register that you see all the time who needs an encouraging word or needs ministered to is your seed. You sow into her so somebody else sows into your loved one. You see that principle? You do for you do as God instructs you. And you pray that God, you bring the, the person into their path that can, that can give them that strong word. Because if you give them that strong word like you'd like to, I mean, you know, man, we, I mean, we parents sometimes, what do, what do we, we got we to gotta prove we're the, we're the Lord of our home. I remember one time my oldest daughter, she was giving us a what for, and I gave her the what for. I backed her into the wall, and I up against the wall, and I said, I'm going to tell you what, you're listening to me. I'm the head of this household. I don't know what I, all I said, but it was one of those nights we needed to kind of have to come to Jesus' time. But see, you can't always do that. You, you can't always be that strong with them. There's sometimes you got to sit back and love, but somebody else could say what you want to say, you need to say. See, because here's, here's, what, here's one thing. Here's a newsflash. God's smarter than you. And me. There's Amen. Watch out. There, there, is, there is times when we need to hear God's voice. God, how do I approach this situation? And you back off with those, with those individuals, those loved ones, those co-workers even. And you say, God, how do I reach them? Or how do you reach them? What does it take? 
See, it's, it's the difference in us being willing to do the word, to hear the word, to obey the message, and just to, and just to put those things in God's hand. Now, we referred to, or we, if you'll remember last week, we talked about uh, the scripture in, in uh, John chapter 12, and I'm not going to go there for the sake of time. But Jesus said, yeah, I am too. John chapter 12. I got to a little bit. Because there's, a, there's, a verse, there's one phrase out of there that I got to grab hold of before we wrap this up. In John chapter 12, Jesus is dealing with his disciples here in verses 42 through 47 or 8. But let's look at verse 44. He says, Whoever believes in me does not believe in me only, but, but the one who sent me. The one who looks at me is seeing the one who sent me. I have, I have come into the world as a light so that no one who believes in me should stay in darkness. So there ought to be a change. There ought to be a transformation. But verse 47, he says, If you hear my words, but does not, but do, but does not keep them. If anyone hears my words, but does not keep them. I do not judge that person. For I did not come to judge the world. If Jesus didn't come to judge the world, then I need to be careful. Me judging the world, right? I need to not be judging the world. But here's what he does say about judging the world. Look at this. But to, I came to save the world. Verse 48, there is a judge for the one who re rejects me and does not accept my words. The very words that I have spoken will condemn them. He gives us an indication how we judge our life and the lives of others, the other things. We use the word of God. Why do we take the word of God and settle it as final authority? Why do we take the word, make that the practice, make that the life that we're going to trust our, entrust our life to God. Because this right here, it'll judge our lives. It'll judge others' actions, uh, other things that are, they're doing. He said, I didn't come to judge the world. I came to save the world. But he said, but my words are going to judge the world. Our words, his words do that. So I, I just ask you, are you, uh, are you being a judge... And are you being a judge of you? That's my first challenge to you. Is how do I become a doer of the word instead of a pretender or a wannabe? How, how do I do that? I first of all judge myself. That's one of the most critical things we do. The second thing is that we apply self-discipline. Uh, I'm not even going to turn there. I've been going to it the last two days in my morning Bible study. But in 1 Corinthians chapter 9, if you're taking notes. 1 Corinthians chapter 9. The Apostle Paul uses the example in verses 24 through uh, about verse 24. He talks about the, uh, the discipline it takes to become an athlete. The discipline it takes to win and have, be successful as an athlete. You know, as believers, as Christians, it takes us doing a little, applying some self-discipline. If I'm going to be a doer of the word, I can't do it just when I need the benefit of, you know, a miracle. I need to do it on a regular basis. Why do we, why do we tithe? Because it demonstrates a self-discipline that says, God, you're my first trust where my finances are concerned. Why do I get up early in the morning and begin my, my day with Bible study and prayer? Because I'm taking self-discipline that says, God, you're number one. You're the first and most important thing in my life. Why, why, do, we, uh, why do we develop that self-discipline that says, in all things I'm going to pray. In all things I'm going to rejoice. 
In all things, I'm going to trust God. I'm going to commit those things to prayer. I'm going to, allow, I'm going to yield my, my, my desires to Him. Self-discipline is that thing that helps us be a doer of the Word. And, and the other thing is this, is I'm going to run to the fight. And I'm going to close with this part. But to be a doer of the Word, we've got to choose to run to the fight. And, and you can look at Philippians chapter 3. And, and uh, I skipped ahead a little bit, but I, I, want, I want to get to, we'll get into some of this maybe in the, in the morning Bible study. But uh, this, I love this passage of, of Scripture from, from, uh, from the Apostle Paul in Philippians 3. In fact, that's what High Call Ministries' uh, vision is based on uh, that God gave me about 20 years ago. It says, not that, not that I've already attained all of this or to have arrived at my goal, but I press on to take hold of that which Christ Jesus took hold of me. I'm going to run to the fight. Well, what's the fight? The, the fight that I've got to show up with is against the works of darkness that are trying to destroy me. 2 Corinthians 10, 3-5. We wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rules of the darkness of this age and, and wicked hosts in heavenly places. And I'm going to tear down arguments and strongholds that come against or argue against the things of God. I'm going to bring my, my thoughts captive to the obedience of Christ. In those verses, in those scriptures, we take hold, we run to the fight, and we say, no, devil, not today. You're not going to rule me. You're not going to direct my thoughts. You're not going to direct my flesh. You're not going to, you're not going to rule my family. You're not, going to take, you're not going to war against my business. I'm going to entrust all these, my health, all these things to the, to the Lord, and I'm standing against those things. We've got to run to the fight, not from the fight. We need to be like David, the, 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 the shepherd boy. And he showed up and said, where's the battle? Where's the fight? I want to go. I'll go. Sign me up. We need to take on, the, run to the fight where, where the spirits of darkness are concerned and the arguments that come to, dry, to, to rob us of what God says. The other thing that we want to run the fight to is, is against sin that so easily besets us, like Hebrews 12, 1 and 2 says. It says, man, we got a great cloud of witnesses, those that have gone for us, but, but I'm going to look unto Jesus, the author and the finisher of my faith. I'm going to set aside the sin that so easily ensnares me. I'm going to, I'm going to go to the fight. I'm going, to, I'm going to determine how my flesh is going to walk and rule and live today. And it's going to be subjected to the Spirit of God. The other area of the fight, and I'll close this, is 2 Peter 1.4. It talks about obtaining the knowledge of God to help us overcome the corruption that is in this world through lust. The corruption that is in this world. I don't know about you, but I, this, this world is full of corruption. There's a lot of things out there. But here's the thing. The knowledge of God gives me the ability to overcome all of it. We walk in it. We continue in it. You know, we can either, we can either make a, a, a determination that we're going to entrust our lives to Jesus Christ or we, can, or we can just bob along aimlessly. One of those scriptures I didn't get to. But it said, don't just walk this out aimlessly. Like a, like a Christian whose aims, it was that one in, that I didn't turn to. I don't remember which one it was. You got to get my notes. You got to listen to the last week's sermon and, and, and the morning ones, I guess. But praise God, I, I believe that as you take notes, as you study, as you re-go through this, that God begins to stir that up. You know what? I don't want to be a pretender. I don't want to be. I don't want to be a wannabe. 
I want to be a doer. A doer of the word because I know that as we entrust our lives to him, he brings us on that good path. You know, the, the, the beginning point for that, and there could be somebody watching who's never made Jesus Christ Lord of their life. There could be somebody sitting here. You've gone to church for years. I, I had a service one time where a lady, it was, she helped in the Sunday school. But one day she realized, you know what? Today's the day I'm going to make Jesus Christ Lord of her life. And it was when we were in the big church over in Arkansas. She came down out of the balcony. Didn't even, it was, an, everybody was like, what's she coming up for salvation for? What's she, what's she coming up to? What? See, just because, but is today that day. If you're watching or, or you're with me here today, I want you to come before the Lord. And let's do that, John, or that uh, Romans 10, 9 and 10. It says that if we confess Jesus as Lord, you can say in your heart of hearts, Jesus, be my Lord. You can say and, and come to that knowing Jesus, I'm lost without you. I need you to forgive my sin. I need what you provided through death on the cross and through being raised again from the dead, that my sin was forgiven, that I can be made white as snow. Lord, forgive me of my sin. And Lord, come into my heart. Be my Lord and my Savior. Father God, I pray that for anybody who's never made that decision and tonight has or is, that Father God, you'll, you'll, you'll cause them to realize the power of the change of the, of the life in Jesus Christ and that they'll contact me so that we can begin down that road of discipleship. Father God, I just praise you and I thank you for all that you're doing in, in the lives of these people. And Father, we just stand in agreement as a church for this nation to continue to, to uh, be our, the eyes of those that are darkened be enlightened. That, Lord God, the hope that is in Christ Jesus come to light, come to fruition. And we pray these things in Jesus' name.